just as we think our supercoach teams are getting nice and settled, Madge Maguire and Kevy Walters throw the axe down on their teams and invariably stuff us all up. Hey everyone, welcome back to another video from A Man Talks NRL Supercoach. Today's video, we're going through the round six teamless Tuesday and also the best captain options for this week. This really was a week of a lot of changes with a lot of coaches making very significant changes to their team and invariably that means that there's a lot of things that we have to be considering for this week so definitely want to be sticking around for this one. Uh, if you guys haven't already, would really appreciate if you guys follow me on Twitter as I do uh, post a lot of my thoughts on there in terms of trades and just general news that comes up during the week. And if you guys are new around here, would really appreciate to subscribe to the channel, getting close to the 500 mark, so I'd really appreciate that if we can get that done maybe say by a state of origin period. Um, and if we get to 1,000 by the end of the season, I'd be over the moon, so I'd really appreciate the support, and I do so already. Uh, if you guys like this video, also would really appreciate a thumbs up. But enough of the plugs, let's get into the video. So we'll kick off firstly by just going through the uh, overall group league top scorers and the top six. So John with Utah Monster Machine, uh, he had the highest score last week with 1,332 and he's currently ranked at 4,174. That was a great score for last week, which really was a tough round. There definitely was a big drop off from the week before where we had monster scores and I think we all came kind of came back down to earth. In terms of the top six, we've got Thomas, James, Jesse, Paul, and Stuart all making up our top six. I'm also sliding in there at top five, but I'm not going to be talking about myself. Uh, it's all about you guys. So the first game of the round sees the Broncos taking on the Panthers at Suncorp Stadium. A lot of big changes here, noteworthy mainly from the Broncos side. So big exclusions here will be Tessie New, who's dropped out of the team, Anthony Milford as well, and Ben Teo, who had that bicep injury. In replacement, Jesse Arthurs takes Tessie New's spot at center. Brody Croft takes Milford's spot at 5'8", and Ethan Bullimore takes his place on the bench, replaced for Ben Teo. Other big changes here is that uh, with Patrick Harrigan moving back into the team after his suspension, Tevita Pangai Jr. moves into the second row forward. Unfortunately for a lot of us owners, that means Jordan Rickey has now moved to the bench, which is a big blow. He has unfortunately kind of peaked in price as well with his break even very close to his average, so I think a lot of people will be looking to sell him this week. In terms of the Panthers, again, very, very settled, completely 1-17, to um, and I think there's only really one outcome that a lot of people are going to be expecting from this game. Um, as a result, I think a lot of people are going to be investing heavily into the Panthers this week if they haven't already. You know, guys like Brian To'o, Jerome Luai, probably the top candidates. A lot of people will be having Nathan Cleary already, uh, and even guys like Paul Momorowski, I think, are attracting a lot of interest in the center position. That definitely looks like an area where a lot of people are looking to bolster their team this week, so he's also potentially a pod consideration. So the first game of the Friday will be the Knights taking on the Sharks. Big inclusions here for the Knights. Jacob Safidi returns to the bench with Pasami Sulo uh, coming out of the side altogether. Bradman Best comes in at centre, so Shibasaki moves out of the team. Uh, and Kurt Mann moves in at 5'8", shifting Connor Watson back to the starting 13. Although I wouldn't be surprised again if he's named at the bench uh, on kickoff time, uh, with Tuasa Su moving to number 13. Um, and Braden Musgrove comes in for Staffatoa, making his debut on the wing. So really big inclusions there for the Knights. I think there'd be a lot of Knights fans really keen to see now more of a settled team getting back. Obviously, they're still missing a lot of big guys like Mitchell Pierce, for example. But, you know, getting the likes of Ponga and Brabham Best back should hopefully improve their attack. A lot of people who would probably be thinking about maybe potentially moving off Mitch Barnett, given that he's now lost the goal-kicking duties. But he's going to be a hold for me for at least um, the next few weeks, I think, at the moment. Uh, barring any kind of suspension or injury, 
I think with this improved Knights team getting some good key players back, hopefully their left side attack improves and that means Mitch Barnett might uh, improve in that regard. For the Sharks, a couple of big exclusions for them. So Way Graham and Josh Dugan are out of the team. Uh, Way Graham um, having his second concussion in a matter of weeks uh, and Josh Dugan coming out of the team. So in replacement, Connor Tracy moves from the bench into the starting centers. Britton Decora moves back into the back row and sees if Italikai makes his first game of the season starting on the bench. Luckily for anyone who did jump on Teague Wilton as a bit of a cheapy uh, second row forward, he has retained his spot, so that is good news for them. Obviously, someone like Talakai might potentially move his way back into the starting lineup, but given that he's coming back from an extended injury, they might just be easing him back at the moment. So, Wilton still looks uh, good for a few more uh, price rises. I wouldn't say maybe buying him now. I think you've kind of missed the boat if you didn't get him in last week, but good news for any owners of him. Apart from that, no other changes for the Sharks. I think a lot of the key players that people will be considering will be Matt Moylan uh, and Will Kennedy. Will Kennedy maybe is a bit of a pod uh, fullback, uh, and Matt Moylan just to kind of see how he performs. I think at the moment he's got a break even of around 18, so people who do still own him will be hoping for a few more cash rises out of him before flipping him to a more gun fight. So the second kickoff on the Friday night is an absolute blockbuster. The Storm taking on the Roosters at Amy Park. Uh, for the Storm, very settled again, 1-17. to uh, George Jennings has actually done quite well in the past couple of weeks, I think getting a score in the 80s and then 100-plus last week. But we're seeing here that Branko Lee is now on the extended bench, so he potentially will be returning soon, and I would expect that George Jennings will be the one who makes way. Remus Smith will move back onto the wing when that happens. But for now, he's still in the 17. Uh, and Harry Grant still named on the bench, but I wouldn't be surprised as well if he actually gets the nod to start at number 9, come kickoff. For the Roosters, a couple of changes here to note. Lin Lindsay Collins returns from his ankle injury, um, and he returns on the bench. Um, and Adam Kieran moves on into the uh, bench as well. A couple of question marks over the likes of uh, Ben Marshke, who is currently named at number 9, but he is undergoing, I think, at the judiciary for, a, I think it was a crusher tackle. So definitely keep an eye on that if you are potentially looking as Marshke as a bit of a cash cow option um, in case he does face a suspension. Moving out of the 17 for the Roosters will be Freddie Lussick, who has, I think, sustained an injury for about four to six weeks, uh, and Fletcher Baker moves out of the bench into the reserves. Apart from that, no other changes. I think a lot of people will be keen to see how Sam Walker performs after his heroics last week against the very, very tough Melbourne Storm team. Uh, I don't think I'll be trying to play him in my 17 this week, given that Roosters are coming up against, you know, Melbourne Storm, who are one of the best defences in the game. Uh, and... It'd be very interesting to see what people do with Tedesco. You know, he's got a very high break even in the 150s. I think personally, if anyone did go to that route of selling Tedesco, that I feel like that ship has kind of sailed. Um, and I think if you've got him at the moment, you just want to hold. And he can still go really large against even a team like the Storm. He's got that in his game. But apart from that, no other changes to report for either teams. So the first game of the Saturday will be the Manly Sea Eagles taking on the Titans. Big, big inclusion here for the Sea Eagles is Tom Trevojevic being named at fullback. There was some talk that he potentially could have been eased back uh, playing in the centres, but he's gone straight into the number one position, so I think a lot of Manly fans will be happy to see that. And anyone who still owns Jason Saab as well, you know, he scored in the 40s last week. If he's able to back that up, potentially with the addition of Tom Trevojevic, you know, assisting some tries for him, he hopefully should then start going up in value. I did sell him because I wasn't really wanting to have that in my team, but, you know, if you do hold him, hopefully he does get some more attacking stats with the return of Tommy Turbo. Um, as well as that, Hamalo Olekartu. Sorry, I probably butchered his name. Uh, he moves into the starting second row with Jack Kazeski potentially actually having a season-ending foot injury, I believe. Uh, and Dylan Walker has also got an injury, but Tommy Turbo slipped straight into that number one position. 
Aside from that, no changes with the Sea Eagles. Uh, Josh Schuster, who I think a lot of people still would own at 5'8". Um, good to see that he's still named at number 12. And all these injuries in the second row for Manly really does seem that he's going to have a very safe 80 minutes um, in his game moving forward. And so he hopefully does have a few more cash rises in him. I think he's got a break even of about 18. So he should go up in value quite a bit still in the next few weeks. For the Titans, 1-17, to no changes there. I think a lot of people will be looking at likes like obviously Dave Fafita who's had a massive start to the season uh, and even in their centers like Brian Kelly, uh, Corey Thompson and even Tyron Pitchy who can pick up in that position. One thing to note with the Titans is that Philip Sammy did have a pretty bad HIA last week so he potentially might be a late out so that is something to keep an eye on if you are potentially looking at someone like a Tyron Pitchy. He did play uh, 80 minutes last week mainly because of that injury to Sammy and they did a bit of a reshuffle with their back line. So I wouldn't be surprised if, again, if Sammy is ruled out of this, then Tyron Pitching probably does play maybe an extended stint, um, and that probably hopefully should be beneficial for his uh, super coach points. Next up, we've got the Rabbitohs taking on the Tigers. Big inclusion here again for the Rabbitohs is Cody Walker returning from his one-match suspension, uh, and Dean Hawkins makes, his, makes way for that. Apart from that, no other changes to report for the Rabbitohs. A very settled team, and you know I'd expect them to you know win this game pretty comfortably against the Tigers, who looked pretty bad against the Cowboys. With the Tigers, some very, very big changes here. Jake Simkin has been named at starting number 9, and Jacob Little has been dropped out of the 17 altogether, which I personally feel has actually a bit, bit, been a bit harsh. You know, you know, they obviously had a really poor performance against the Cowboys last week, but I don't think Little really is probably the one to make way, but Jake Simkin apparently has been killing it in the reserves. I haven't watched any of his highlights, but from, from what I've been reading, he's been probably one of the top one or two guys playing in that competition, um, and so he gets the reward to start at number 9. Definitely does look now potential cheapy moving forward. You don't have to get him in this week. He still has to play uh, three games before his price rises. So again, we have an opportunity this week and if he gets to the nod next week to start to see whether we want to bring him into our teams. But if that looks um, locked in for him, you know, that move from, say, a Connor Watson at hooker down to a Jake Simpkin looks like a great way to make more money in the team and to capitalize on another cash cow. Uh, Joey Lelua does move out of this team as well when Asukapoa takes his place at center, but no other changes really apart from the um, ins and outs for the Tigers. Bit of a shuffling though with the starting lineup, so uh, Joey Fangawi comes back to the starting second row, Luke Garner on the bench, but Stefano Otikamanu actually is starting at prop, which is really good news to see for a lot of owners. Uh, he has actually done quite well and probably performed above expectations in terms of his points and his cash rises. Uh, and hopefully him starting means he gets extended minutes and hopefully more cash rises in him. So he looks a very, very good hold moving forward. Next game, we have the Raiders taking on the Eels. Quite a few changes here for the Raiders as well to report on. Curtis Scott returns and is now makes his way in the centers with Sebastian Chris moving out of the team. Chancing looks start. Sorry if I pronounce that name properly. Um, I think he looks like he's had a neck injury and potentially could be out for four to eight weeks. So definitely something to keep an eye on. In replacement, Caleb Aikens takes his spot. He potentially could be, you know, a cheap cash cow option to look at. I think he's listed at fullback and center wing. I think he's priced around 260k. Again, it's one of those times where you can kind of wait and see uh, how he goes. If he's looking good for his first two weeks, you know, if you've got one of those cheaper center wings, say like a David Fusatua, you know, if you've got still got like a James Roberts or even Jason Saab, you know, it is a bit of a sideways trade in terms of the value. But if he looks like he's performing very well, then he could be a good cash cow option. But definitely a wait and see for me. Emre Gula also does return to the bench and Ryan James comes out of the 17 which really is a blow you know I do have him in my team and I was hoping for a few good cash rises out of him now that that five had dropped out of his rolling average apparently the word is that he's being rested 
but not quite sure yet what's happened. He did cop that really bad HIA um, in that clash he had with Sebastian Chris a couple of weeks back. Um, and I feel I think he might have had another knock in last week's game. I'm not quite, I can't quite remember. Potentially they are being cautious with him. I think he has looked very good for them. And, you know, it'd be, it'd be pretty harsh to drop him out of the 17 if it was based on his performances because I think he's done really well for them so far. Definitely something to wait and see on. I don't think he's a priority sell. You know, he's not going to change in value this week. I think a lot of people will probably be focusing more on, like, the Jordan Rickies and maybe the Tessie News than, say, Ryan James because he easily could come back into that 17. But definitely keep an eye out to see if there's any more news as to why he was taken out of the 17 for this week. So with the Eels, big news here is that Dylan Brown has copped a one-match suspension for a crash tackle. Uh, and so he's going to be out of the team for a week, which is unfortunate for me as I'm a Dylan Brown owner. Ryan Madison has been named at starting number 12. But again, as we saw with the past few weeks, he was named at 12, but then he was a um, late withdrawal. So definitely something to keep an eye on as well. If it is, if they if the Eels do run out as uh, listed here, that means Isaiah Papali has been moved back to the bench, which I think is a bit of um, you know a bit unfortunate. He's putting really good performances while Madison has been out, and I could make an argument that he should probably be playing in the edge in replacement, say, Sean Lane. But he did look good coming off the bench, playing in the middle as well. So I don't really you know, obviously I'm not the coach of the Eels. You know they'll do what they want. I'm just commenting as a fan. Um, but Keegan Hipgrave also does move into the um, 17 for the Eels on the bench. Raystone moves out as a result. So the next game is the Dragons taking on the Warriors. Fortunately for us, uh, for the Dragons, they're 1-17. to Big thing to note here is that Joshua Maguire has made that move from the Cowboys to the Dragons. He hasn't been named in their 17, but he is named on the extended bench. So I wouldn't be too surprised if, you know, if they pass all the checks, etc., that he gets a run in the final 17. So definitely do keep an eye out for news on that. I think that potentially does potentially ruin not ruin but you know impact Terrell Fumiano I think a lot of people would still maybe potentially have him as that kind of cheap second row forward cash cow I feel like with the inclusion of um, Josh Maguire they do seem to have a very good stock of forwards potentially that means that his minutes might get reduced so I think potentially he looks like he could be a good sell he's probably made the small amount of money that he was going to anyway so I think it's fine to be trading him out for the Warriors, some big changes here as well. Dave Fusatua has copped an injury and I think potentially could be out for two to four weeks. Um, and so as replacement, Peter Hiku comes back into the team and moves onto the wing. Bunty Rafaela returns from his suspension and is named on the bench. And Tom L makes way for him. So with the Warriors, very interesting again. You know, Toe Harris still named it proper, but we saw last week that didn't really affect his points. You know, he still scored a pretty healthy 72. Jazz Tavanga, I think, was the big winner out of last week. You know, he scored 82, I think, in like, what, 48, 50 minutes? Oh, no, sorry, I think he played 66 minutes, but still. I think he had, like, amazing PPM. I can't quite remember his minutes, but we just know that Jazz is, like, an amazing workhorse. So he's definitely someone I'm potentially looking at, but I think he's got a break even in, like, the mid-50s. So I think you could still wait and see. He won't change his value too much, hopefully. So he could definitely be someone to consider as well. Obviously, with uh, Fanul Blake looking like he's got a really, really long-term inju- uh, injury, unfortunately for him, Tavanga could benefit from that. Same with, say, Bunty Ufawa. You know, even coming off the bench, I think he's priced at around 280k. Um, and he, when he did play extended minutes, I think he scored about 55 in base. So he could potentially could be kind of a cash cow option if you're looking for, like, say, a Jordan Ricky replacement. Final game of the round will be the Cowboys taking on the Bulldogs. You know, not a game I'm probably looking too forward to watching, but definitely some things to note here. Jason Tamalola makes his return at lock. Ruben Cotter moves actually out of the 17 altogether. Um, Hamasai Tabiafido, I think, has got an ankle problem. So as a result, Justin O'Neill returns back into the team at center. Carl Felt will be on the wing. No other changes really here for the Cowboys. I think a lot of people kind of were probably surprised by how they performed last week against the Tigers. And I wouldn't be surprised, you know, if they go back to back in terms of the wins against the Bulldogs, who just aren't looking that great at the moment. 
So guys like Valheim is probably the only real consideration in terms of, say, your center wing. Uh, I think the Cowboys' run of games is coming up is not too bad. Uh, and if he's goal-kicking and if the Cowboys are able to score quite a few points, he could be a decent pod consideration. Obviously, Tamalolo, we know that he's a proven supercoach gun, but those questions are still there in terms of his minutes and what his role is going to be moving forward. So definitely a wait and see, not, or not someone I would be rushing to bring back into the team straight away. On the Bulldog side, the only real big change here is that Josh Jackson is actually out of the side and Chris Smith comes into the 17 as a result and Luke Thompson moves from prop to lock. Condon and Topine are looking like the two kind of second row forward cheapy cash cows who you might want to bring into your team. Condon, I do have some question marks about him as well. He scored 35 in his first full 80 minutes last week. Oh, sorry, in his first game of the season. Um, and when he played his second game, he scored 62 in 49 minutes, but that did include a try, and he only scored 19 points in base. 19 points in base in 49 minutes, I'm not really too impressed with, but, you know, they've both got negative break-even, so they will make some cash. But I do also have some questions about um, Condon's long-term job security. Obviously, Joshua Maguire leaving might help him. But playing on an edge, you know, I think uh, Tom Gilbert potentially might be coming back soon to the Cowboys outfit. So I just do still have some question marks um, over his role moving forward in the team. So definitely I would kind of maybe, sec I, mean, I am second guessing whether I'd want to bring in Condon or a Topine. Um, so I don't think they're really standout cheapy options. But, you know, if you're looking to kind of create money to do, say, like Jordan Ricky down to one of those guys to upgrade one of your center wings, like a Tessie News to Brian Toto, I can kind of understand that move. But... Just wouldn't feel 100% comfortable with it. But guys, that wraps up the teamless portion of the video. Now let's move on to the captains. So for the captains for round six, I think the captaincy really is becoming more and more important given how big some scores are for different players. And that really can make your week if you captain the right player. So I think it's worthwhile making sure we can pick the right one. There are definitely some key matchups this week. I think the two main ones would be the Panthers taking on the Broncos uh, and the Rabbitohs taking on the Tigers. So with the Panthers, I think there are three clear can uh, candidates and you can put the vice-captain on them given that they do play the first game on the Thursday uh, and you can utilize the vice-captain loophole. Uh, if you guys don't quite know what the vice-captain loophole is, I'll put a link in the description below to an article that does explain it as well as a cal uh, calculator that should help you make a decision as to whether you should loop or not. Basically, it just means that you get two bites of the cherry in terms of nailing your captaincy pick. So for the Panthers, I've got Jerome Luai, Nathan Cleary, and Brian Toto. You know, with the Broncos, they are the worst team at defending halfbacks and 5'8s, and the fourth worst at defending centers. And the way that the Panthers are attacking, you know, they scored 30 points against the Raiders, who are a very, very good defensive team. So I think, you know, this game is primed for vice-captain on any one of these three guys. I think Cleary's probably going to be the number one standout for vice-captain for most teams, given that he's probably the most commonly owned. You know, if you really want that real, real high upside, you could go for someone like a Brian Toto. You know, we saw when he scored a double against the Sea Eagles, his try scoring combined with his base, he can get easily get in the 120s. Um, and Jerome Luai, again, just kind of dictates everything on that lethal left edge. So he can easily rack up the tries and even score a few tries of his own. They all came off 70-point um, efforts last week. So they're all coming off some relatively good form in terms of the super coach points. But we know that these guys have got pedigree and they've shown that so far to begin the season. 100% I would be looking at one of these three guys as your vice captain. At the moment, I do have Brian Toto and Nathan Cleary. I'll probably stick it on to Nathan Cleary just for the safety net that he does have that goal-kicking bonus as well. But if I was a Jerome Luai owner, I definitely would be putting it on him, I think. He's probably got, in my opinion, higher upside than, say, Cleary in this game. So in terms of the captaincy option, I think Dave Fafita is probably going to be my captain this week and probably a lot of others. I think the vice-captain Cleary, captain Fafita, is probably going to be the most common combination you'll see this week. But we've seen, obviously, how destructive Fafita's been to start the season. He's averaging over 100, and that's across five games. So it's not even like a small sample size. 
Coming up against the Sea Eagles, you know, they're the third worst team at defending the edge positions, um, for the edge back rolls at least, um, and he's coming off 147. So he absolutely terrorized, you know, the Knights last week. Feeder, I think, is going to be a great captaincy shout this week. He's definitely probably going to be my captain, I think. Um, the way that he's going, even his floor, which is probably going to be around 70 points based on his base and power statistics, just makes him a great captaincy option, I think, in my opinion, this week. So looking at the Rabbitohs boys, we've got Damian Cook, Latrell, and Cody Walker. Damian Cook, he's having an absolute roller coaster. You know, he scored 40-something last week, but the week before he scored 100, and he's been doing this trend since the beginning of the season. So if you follow that logic, he'll be set for another ton score this week. Whether or not you buy into that, I know it's a little bit of a, you know, it's not really the right way to be thinking about it, but potentially he could go big. Um, and the Tigers' fifth worst at defending the hooker position, so not great. But what probably does work better in Latrell and Cody Walker's favor is that the Tigers are even worse at defending those positions. Third worst at defending against fullbacks, second against five eights. So that just screams to me Latrell, Cody Walker captaincy. So I think if you've got one of those two guys, really, really solid options. I think because, especially because the Storm are taking on the Roosters. So Pappenhausen and Teddy, probably not the best captaincy options given that both teams are very good defensively. Obviously, both of those players still could do very well, but I didn't want to include them here given that they are playing each other. So as a result, if you're a Latrell owner, I think he becomes a great kind of pod captain. Um, and, you know, the, the way that he's coming off, you know, last week he's got 138. He's set probably for another big score this week. Um, and I don't really think even the return of Cody Walker really impacts his points. To be honest, I think it probably may even helps. It just makes the Raptors attack that a little bit sharper. Cody Walker, again, he could go really well in this game too. Um, obviously, he didn't play last week with his suspension, but he's coming off for 67. That 67 did include two tries, but I think it's important to know that uh, neither of those two tries came with line breaks, you know, as we would normally see with tries. So if he were to get those line breaks, that would have added an extra, say, 20 points to his uh, score. So I think he's very set for either maybe another try or two, and he could do very well against the Tigers here. If I had to pick one of these three, though, I would be going with Latrell. So I'll move on to some more kind of punty captaincy options. I think obviously the captain for feet or vice captain, one of the Panthers boys, is probably going to be very, very common. But if you really want to go out the box, I think these next two guys could be potential goers. Zach Lomax taking on the Warriors, who are the sixth worst team at defending centers. You know, Lomax, he hasn't really quite had one of those real big upside games. We saw from him last season, I think even in the final game against the Storm, he scored over 100. He's got that real added bonus of the goal kicking, and I, I'm really impressed with how the Dragons are playing at the moment, and, and him himself too. I think he's playing himself potentially into an origin uh, jersey. So it is a bit of a punt option. They are playing at home, which does help them too. Uh, and I think, you know, the Warriors ha have got a few injury issues. Um, and I think the Dragons, the way that they're playing, I would probably tip them uh, in this game. You know, Lomax could profit really well. Definitely is a punty option. Is really only because as well that I don't think many people would be owning Lomax at this stage. So if you really, really wanted to go pod, I think Lomax could be the one, but very, very pod pick. And even more pod than him would be Val Holmes. I know it sounds crazy to be saying Val Holmes for the Cowboys when they've probably only shown one glimpse of actually scoring points, but they're coming up against the Bulldogs at home. This is the team that you'd want to be playing if you want to be scoring a lot of points, unfortunately, for the Bulldogs fans. They're the second worst team at defending fullback, so again, that kind of works in his favor. He did only score, I think, 50 or 58 actually last week, but you know, coming up against the Bulldogs, are potentially he could be going in for 100 plus um, and he does have the goal kicking too which really works in his favor I kind of put this in there a bit more of a fun kind of pick I don't think a lot of people will be seriously considering that um, I, I'm not even maybe considering him in to get in my team so captaining him is a whole other step but just want to have a little bit of fun with this I think in terms of the captains and vice captains Fafida for me is probably going to be my lock as captain Nathan Cleary my vice captain unless I manage to get Luai into my team somehow guys that's the teamless tuesday and the captains kind of summarized for round six i'll be coming out with another video later this week as well on my trade thoughts but if you guys really did enjoy this video 
would really appreciate a thumbs up and please do consider subscribing. As I said, I'll be trying to get to 500 by say the state of origin period um, and even potentially a thousand subscribers by the end of the season. That would be a really, really awesome achievement and I'd really would appreciate it. But guys, until then, see you in the next one.